You are now listening to Halos in the Infield, an Angels baseball exclusive podcast. Hey, hey, welcome into another episode of Halos in the Infield, the podcast with your host, Todd Fox, and the other co-host, Fernando Mendez. Good evening, everybody. And who's our special guest today? We have David McKinnon of the Trash Pandas joining us. David, how you doing? No, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, guys. Let's go ahead and get one thing out of the way right now. I mean, Trash Pandas has to be one of the most epic names in minor league baseball. I mean, <laughs> is is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's like a nationwide thing now. A lot of people know um, the Trash Pandas logo. and People just buy like randomly will buy hats and I don't know. People love it. So it's a good name. It definitely, I mean, they, they sold a lot of merchandise for sure, especially during COVID. Absolutely. Yeah, let's, we're seeing a lot of new era hats at the stadium and stuff like that, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, people, like it, it's like the perfect meme, you know what I mean? Like the, it, it just perfectly I, – I, it hit on all cylinders. I, mean, I, I will say it was, it was definitely a good name idea. So is that something you guys talk about, like as like, players? Like, dude, like, we're trash fans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely, yeah. It was, it's pretty funny. Um, I mean, we don't talk about it too, too much, but I think it is funny how uh, they just are, they get super creative with the names nowadays. Like, there's there's some crazy names. The Sod Poodles is a good one. The Yard Goats. Yeah. Like, there's a, there's a bunch of good ones out there now. So, I feel like it's more of a competition at this point. And <laughs> I think we're winning. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, for sure. sure, for sure. It, it is funny. <laughs> Didn't Miami used to have the baby cakes? Oh, yeah, that's a good one, too. <laughs> I don't know where that one – that might have been AAA. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I think was it was AAA. I would know. On MLB The Show, I was always drafted by the Marlins. So, I was always a baby cake. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, uh, real quick. So, you played in the Inland Empire in 2019. Were you a California burrito at some point? No, I got hurt. Um, 19, I, was, I only played like a week and a half or two weeks. So I uh, blew my knee out. So I pretty much didn't really play in 19 at all. So I, I was looking forward to being a burrito, but I did not get to be a burrito. How'd you, <laughs> how'd you blow your knee out? Uh, it was just some, someone made a bad throw to first. I was running to first and the, the first baseman kind of cut in front of the base. Um, I just tried to avoid the tag. And when I planted my knee, just everything went. So oh, ACL, MCL, meniscus. Yeah. So, I mean, it still kind of gives me a hard time. Um, I have a brace on it now, but nothing crazy. It, I mean, did, did I still get, play. I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, I got full weight, everything, surgery, everything done. So I had like a year recovery. And so COVID was kind of a blessing in disguise. And then mm. um, it was good until about halfway through the year. And then kind of started, started getting a little sore. I think it's probably just because I'm not used to playing every day like I was. Yep. So. Is it temperamental to to the weather? Like if it's hot or cold, or you have that kind of feeling with the um, some, some surgeries happen like that. Nothing crazy. I think it's more uh, for sure when it's cold out, but obviously mm. it's not cold during the summer in Alabama. Mm. So, <laughs> um, I would say more just like during the winter and the off season. Like I'm a, I'm from Massachusetts, so if, if me and my wife are up there visiting family. Like it's it, it definitely more sore there than it is when we're in uh, Texas visiting her family. Have you gotten to that point where you're a hundred percent confident now of it? You're not like, Oh yeah. yeah. I'm, okay. I'm totally fine. Like doing everything I need to do baseball wise. Um, I didn't have the brace on at the beginning of the year and it just kind of uh, swelled up a little bit. So I threw the brace on and 
it hasn't given me any problems since. So right now I'm just using the brace, but I don't have any like second thoughts about any movements or running or cutting or anything. So yeah, and no, I'm totally fine. It's just kind of inconvenient. I have to wear a brace right now, but yeah. it's all good. Yeah. Well, that's good. The mental aspect's always the biggest hurdle to get over finally <laughs> with that injury. Yeah, for sure. Did that take a while for you to, you know, kind of not even think about it, not be like, you know, my knee's just going to get out right now? Yeah, I probably took about, I mean, they say you're cleared to play in about nine months, nine to 12 months. And that's where I was cleared to play, about nine months. But they said you won't feel 100% till like 18 months or so. And I'd say around the 16-month mark, I felt 100%, like didn't think about running or cutting or anything. So that's kind of when I felt 100%, like no pain or anything. Nice. Um. So, yeah, it definitely takes longer than, like, the, the surgeons tell you, like, oh, this is what it's going to be. But it usually takes longer because they don't really go through it. They just kind of cut you open and do the surgery. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah it's, on an, it's on an individual basis, too, you know. So everyone's different. Yeah, for sure. And every sport's different, too. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, there's different ways to get a new ACL in there. So um, there's different surgeries that you can do. Some take less time to recover and others take a little longer so we did the longer one and i think it definitely is stronger but it definitely took a little longer to recover okay well good okay okay oh, i was gonna say so a couple of like a, a more formal questions i had for you so you say you're from the boston area yes sir okay uh so i'm just gonna take a wild guess and say boston sports fan growing up yeah, yeah huge boston sports fan um all the way around? Patriots. Over. Yeah, yeah. All, over, all oh, the way okay. around. Um, I mean, not all. I wasn't a big fan of all the sports, obviously, but, like, if I was going to root for any of the sports, it's all Boston. Um, biggest fan of the Patriots, that's for sure. Um, it was e pretty easy to be a fan of the Patriots growing up, though, so. Yeah, with the whole <laughs> Super Bowl runs and everything constantly. Yeah. <clears throat> but one thing, we, we asked Packy Naughton, we had uh, your former teammate on the other day. Okay. And we asked him, because uh, the, there's that, uh, what's it called, that – that rumor that uh, Boston Red Sox fans go to games to get some clam chowder. You ever go to <laughs> you ever go to a Sox game to get some chowder? No, I just went straight <laughs> strictly for the baseball. Okay. That's all yeah. I went for. Um, gotcha. Yeah, no, I, but I, I I spent a lot of time at Fenway when I was younger with my uh, with my dad. So yeah, we we were there a lot. Um, so obviously, I'm a big fan of. I mean, growing up, I was a big fan of the Red Sox, and my brother-in-law actually just got traded to the Red Sox. So. I guess I can still be a, somewhat of a fan of the Red Sox, but Fair not enough. as big as I was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fair enough. You can still cheer for him. <laughs> yes, I, exactly. I can cheer for him. All right. So uh, favorite player growing up, and did that player influence who you are as a player today in any capacity? Oh, uh, I'd say my favorite player growing up would have been uh, Manny Ramirez. Hmm. Um, obviously, Boston guy. So... I was, I spent a lot of time watching him and it just seemed like he, he kind of went about his business in a more fun way. Like everyone thought he was having fun, not caring. It was like kind of lackadaisical, not caring, but he was always at the ballpark, like early getting his swings in. And I mean, as bad as he was at fielding, he still spent a lot of time at fielding. He just wasn't very good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, just him, I think, and just how smooth his swing was and how effortless every effortless everything was but how um how hard he grinded like behind the scenes so that's kind of why i liked him so much 
Okay, is there any part of your game that you maybe molded after Manny, for instance, maybe like, you know, being loose out there, maybe having a little bit more fun or maybe your swing, anything like that? Um, I wouldn't say my swing. I don't think my swing was God-given. I think his swing is pretty, like, God-given. He kind of just had his swing it looked like, and obviously he just had to maintain it and maintain it. So I feel like probably not that. I'd just say more just ha- just having fun out there because, like, it is it is a game, and it's it's hard to remember that's a game sometimes, um, especially competing all the time. And, like, it's it's fun when you're doing good, but it's not that fun when you're not doing good. So just trying to smile when you're – when you're doing well and when you're doing not, not so well, because it's just a long season. And if you're going to be miserable every time you're not playing well, it's going to be not a very fun season for you. Now, do you play video games at all? Like the show or anything else like that? Uh, the only video game I play is Fortnite. That's oh, the only okay, video Fortnite, game. Okay. Yep. I okay. try to stay away from baseball um, when I'm not at the field. <laughs> oh, okay. Cause I was, I was going to say, cause some ball players, they say, man, I, I've hit, have hit the jackpot or I've, I made it when I make it to a video game. Uh, I ever wonder, oh yeah. I wonder if for like, if you ever get that feeling of like, if seeing yourself on there instead of like, cause like us, we, we create ourselves to be part of the game, but you'd actually yeah. be on the game. You know what I mean? You, you take that as like, Oh my God, like I'm in the show or. You know, yeah. I mean, that would be cool for sure. Um, but I know I would never, I would never pay for the show just cause I'm on it. I mean, if I'm in the big <laughs> leagues, I think it's a little different, but if I'm just in like double a, I don't, I'm not, I'm not paying for the show yet. <laughs> cause me, me personally, if I'm like dating a girl or someone like, well, let me pop on this video game real quick. Oh, there I am right there. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, you are on the video game for the record. Yeah, you are. I am yeah. really, yeah. Mm-hmm. you are. I used that to tease cool, my actually. uncle all the time. Cause uh, my uncle played for the Redskins. And uh, well, I, the Washington football team, but um, he was the worst rated player in Madden. So- <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so what is my to- rating? I want to know that. We we uh, have to look that up because uh, the new ones. Yeah, show- look it look it up when and let me know when you uh, when you see it. Okay, it's, it can't I, I, be high right now. I gotta be. <laughs> I gotta be on the rise to- a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, you video- Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, don't shoot the messenger. You're like, you're in the 60s. Yeah, that's fine with me. I'm on there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not on there. What's cool about the show <laughs> is they, they, they put the rosters from AAA and AA, and it used to be before they just make up names and put them on there, but they actually mm-hmm. take the time to put all the players' names on there and their likenesses. So you could also, I mean, maybe I'll, I'll screenshot it, and I'll try to send you a, a see if the face matches your face. Yeah, that'd be that. That'd be good, actually. Yeah, let me let me see what it look like. Hopefully, I'm not ugly and a sixty. <laughs> you all get one of them, right? I know. <laughs> yeah, like the thing with like a Madden game. I don't know if you ever played Madden yeah. growing up. I'm sure you did. Was like the fact that like how poorly like made the players' faces are. It's like mm-hmm. Tom Brady. Oh, like, that, yeah. that does not look like Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, it probably doesn't look like me. I don't even know if they have. They don't even know if they know what I look like. <laughs> they have to google's a thing google's a thing <laughs> okay so um you went to I, I don't want to butcher the high school's name oliver ames high school did i say the yeah yeah yeah. Okay. yeah it's um it's just a public school from easton same like same town i grew up in okay so you were a, a two-sport athlete soccer and baseball correct i played basketball in high school as well and stopped after sophomore year okay but you played uh soccer up to senior year along with baseball Yes, and I played soccer in college as well. Okay. okay. So why uh, why did you decide to continue your career in uh, baseball? Um, 
Well, I mean, it was kind of just I was going to play whatever sport I was best at in college. Um, baseball, I got the scholarship for originally, and then soccer had a really good senior year. So I decided to pursue that as well. I was like, yeah, I mean, got two times a chance, I guess, to play professional sports if I play two Division One sports in college. So even though I enjoyed baseball more, I still would have enjoyed playing soccer professionally more than I would have enjoyed like a desk job or something. So took that chance and I, in probably sophomore year, I was kind of in between. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, whether it was baseball or soccer. Uh, well, I mean, I knew I wanted to play baseball. I just didn't know if I was good enough to play baseball at the next level. Um, I kind of raked during like the season, but we weren't really playing any crazy competition because it was Northeast baseball. And then I got to go to the Cape that summer, summer ball, and I made the all-star team there. So that's when I kind of like realized, I was like, all right, I think I got something here. I know I can hit against some of the best pitching in the country at this point. So if I can just, if they can, if some team takes a chance on me and can develop me and like kind of make me into it, like give me some better mechanics and, let me hit for a little more power. I think I got something and, and fortunately the angels ended up taking a chance, but I always loved baseball more than soccer. Um, soccer was fun, but it was more of just, just fun for me. Have you okay. been on the, have you been on the West coast since or, or at all to see the, uh, LA slash Anaheim area? Um, well we went to, obviously I played in, um, San Bernardino and high a, Mm-hmm. for that year the end of the year or from like may till the end of the year in 18 and the very beginning of the year for like week and a half two weeks in 19 um so yeah i've been there i've been to angel stadium okay. um i did i hit live once in angel stadium so that was pretty cool um and got to see like the clubhouse and everything so that was awesome but what do you, what do you think about the overall vibe or your first impressions of the stadium and the vibe around the stadium? Oh, this, this, I mean, the stadium looks awesome. And like I was in there earlier, so players were starting to come in later on in the day. They had a away game, I believe, at the Padres. So they showed up at the field, and then they headed over to San Diego later. And, yeah, I thought it was awesome. It was it was pretty cool. Um, I mean, obviously, that's kind of your what you're aspiring to be and where mm-hmm. you're aspiring to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's – way nicer than the minor league clubhouses and our clubhouse <laughs> is pretty nice but like there's like big league clubhouses are just next level you know yeah yeah um obviously lower level clubhouses aren't as nice but yeah like ours is just double a is really nice but it's still it's not the same as a like a big league clubhouse so i mean that's kind of what you're you're trying to get to and it was just kind of a nice little taste of what like what what could be eventually you know like a good little motivation yeah yeah for sure yeah, Toyota Field looks nice. I've never been inside the uh, clubhouses at uh, at uh, Inland Empire, but uh, at Lake Elsinore, I had my fair share inside of those uh, clubhouses, and uh, ooh, <laughs> ooh, that was that was a tough time there. At least that. Uh, oh yeah, my opinion. ours. I mean, the away clubhouse is not nice. There. There's not much room. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing to do either. Yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you got to play some cards. Got to play some blackjack. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. That there's nothing to do. It's yeah, you just spend as little time as possible at those fields. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, in high school, did were you a first baseman as well? No, I played. I played shortstop. I think a lot of us played shortstop in high school, though. Um, so or yeah, or pitch. I pitched as well. Um, so I played sh- 
my freshman year, I, I made varsity freshman year. So I kind of, they had, they only had one open position that year, played outfield that summer or that fall or spring, um, played center field and left field. And then sophomore year started in center. I thought I was going to be more of an outfielder anyway. And then they, our infield just wasn't good. So they moved me to shortstop. I'd always played like third base shortstop and like middle school and stuff. And probably honestly might've been better for my career, like for college, college wise, if I stayed at center field, um, <laughs> but ended up at shortstop. And then when I got to college, I was third first couple of years and then moved to first. And first, I think it, it, it kind of hurt me when it came to the draft my junior year because they all they want first baseman. They don't care if you hit 220 as long as you hit homers. Yep. And my uh, my junior year, I hit like 395, but only had four homers. So that they only see the four homers. They don't see the 395. Yep. So that kind of hurt me. But uh, you could. I mean, be, other than that, you couldn't be listed as anything else because I mean, like you said, a first baseman like that, they're just not going to take a flyer on. I mean. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's kind of tough. Um, and, like, yeah, I'm athletic enough to play multiple other positions um, at that, like, in, in college. And mm-hmm. they just – they didn't really list – yeah, I mean, they just saw me as – well, because I played the majority of the games at first, that's just what they saw me as at that point. What, so I think, know, honestly, that, that hurt. <laughs> I'm curious. What was your um, – what was your pitch speed when you did pitch off the mound? Did they clock you? Um, College-wise? Uh, yeah. Or like in high school? Or high school or So clock? high school, I my junior year, I was up to 87. And senior year, I was like 87 and 90-ish. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, that, I think the hardest I ever threw, after my, junior, after my freshman year in college, I pitched a couple innings then. They had me doing both and then my arm just was not feeling good. And I was a better hitter at that point. So, yeah. but yeah, I, I topped 90 then, but if I think if I spent more time on it, obviously it, it could have got better, but my arm just couldn't handle it with playing soccer and then having to try to do base or hitting and, and pitching. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, that's good because I mean this way too. I mean, if they needed a movie to second short third, you got definitely. Oh yeah, velocity. for sure. Yeah. 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 I think, I couldn't do short for sure in, in pro ball. Like the mm-hmm. dudes that play short stuff have absurd range <laughs> yeah. in pro ball, mm-hmm. but I could definitely, I mean, I played a game at second this year and I play, I, I've taken reps at uh, third base and I've taken reps in the outfield as well. Okay. But defensively, like if you, I mean, if you want to be, if you want an average second baseman, an average third baseman, an average guy out in the corner, corner outfield, like I could do that. Mm-hmm. But defensively, I think like I, I'm next level, like, elite defender at first base, like saving errors for other guys and stuff. So I think that's why they like me so much at first. I could play other positions, but I would say I would help the infield a lot more when I'm at first than when I'm somewhere else. You're robbing those doubles down the line, huh? That, and it's more It's more the picks. The picks and the footwork around the oh, base, yeah, just, saving, yeah. just saving errors. That's kind of what I do more of. And then being on your toes, too, real quick, uh, That when the pitcher has to throw over there and they're trying to hold a runner on, man, you got to be yeah. sharp as attack. <laughs> yeah, and you don't know where the pitchers are throwing it most of the time. They're they can be, <laughs> it's crazy to me because they 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 can throw the ball perfectly on a dot from sixty feet, but you don't know when they throw it over to you where that's going. That ain't that the truth. Yeah. It is <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Um, so 
tell me real quick about your experience at uh, Hartford, uh, playing for the Hawks. Talk to me about the program. Uh, you know how you felt about it. Yeah. Um. I mean, I I very much enjoy playing there, uh, soccer and baseball. Um, coaching staff was good. Uh, we, I coached Poitras and uh, Coach Coolis for soccer and kind of developed a winning mentality there. We, I think we made it three out of four years uh, for our soccer final. We never won, never moved on to the NCAA tournament, which kind of stunk. But they were kind of faced some juggernauts. Like, they were top ten overall seeds in the country. So we'd run into them and then we'd lose. But So that was – it was fun. It was good. Um, we traveled a decent amount. And then baseball, we kind of completely turned around that. Um, I think the year before I got there, they had like 10 wins. Um, not saying it was all me, obviously, but I think our class was a big part of it. And the class in front of us was a big part of it. Um, Sean Newcomb was there my freshman year. He's a pitcher for the, we actually drafted Atlanta Braves. Yeah. Pitcher for the Atlanta Braves. Angels drafted them and they're trading them to the Braves. Um, so I think. Like that year we kind of turned everything around. We broke the record for wins at the school at that point. And uh, yeah, I think my class has the most wins ever at uh, Hartford for like a four year time span. So yeah, we definitely uh, had a, I had a great time at Hartford. Uh, we won a lot, both sports, and Did I broke ever- a lot of records. So it was fun. That's cool. Oh, you heard it here first. Retire his number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever get scouted, David, by uh, MLS or anybody like that, like or, or have an opportunity to work out for them as was soccer? Um, never had an opportunity to work out, um, but I was getting looked at like my sophomore sophomore year. I had a good, really good freshman year. Um, okay. Like broke the record for shutouts in a season, and then sophomore year they were just starting to look at me. But then by after sophomore year, when I had played in the Cape and stuff, I kind of. I didn't want to play soccer at that point, you know, (laughs) it was more for fun. And I was more just, I'm trying to win a championship with soccer and enjoy the end of my career, but it was more, yeah. Unless something happened baseball wise where I'm like, nah, I'm not playing baseball. Like it was just baseball after sophomore year. So I was getting looked at a little bit my freshman and sophomore year, but after that, no. Okay. Uh, So you were drafted in the 32nd round in the 27th, draft uh, yes sir. so let's real quick talk about the, the draft day uh, was draft day kind of what you'd expected was it as eventful as you thought or was it pretty much just you know oh, hey you know you got drafted and you're like cool you know where do i go yeah it was more uh so my junior year i was following it more uh, i got drafted senior year my junior year i was following it a lot more and i thought like i hit 395 i was gonna get drafted like regardless like someone's gonna take me i was told by my like advisor agent person eight somewhere between the eighth and like the 20th round you'll probably get taken like um and i pretty much wasn't going to leave unless i got a certain like it i had a full ride in school so i wasn't going to leave unless i got like twice the amount of money (laughs) for a full ride so i'm not leaving unless you guys are like are going to pay me to leave other than that i'm just going to stay and i'll finish my i'll finish and get i'll start the year next year so um, I'll start my pro career next year, but it ended up not happening. No one wanted to take the chance, um, as probably as a result of power numbers, um, and ended up going to the Cape that summer, played summer ball, actually met my, uh, 
met my wife now um that summer so it, i think everything happens for a reason like kind of god had that planned and like and planned out and I, I don't really regret it it obviously would have been nice to have a signing bonus that would have been made life a lot easier <laughs> yeah but um yeah then next year i kind of didn't follow it at all um didn't really care didn't really follow it just knew i was probably gonna get drafted between 25 and 40 um like a late rounder just typical late rounder hey like you can sign and you have to ball out in order to stay um so had a good rookie season and after that they've uh i think they've started to give me a chance more and more and they realized that i can pick it at first and definitely can swing it a little bit um yeah so that's about it <laughs> so yeah i didn't yeah, I mean, you have some all. accolades though yeah yeah definitely have started uh I mean that COVID year and the the blowing my knee out like was low key a a blessing in disguise because I got to kind of revamp my whole swing and stuff so that definitely helped. Okay, good, good. Uh, what's some of the best advice you've had? Maybe it was talking to somebody in spring training, or maybe it was talking to you know uh, somebody in your family or a friend that you really value their opinion. Of. What's the best advice you've gotten within the last you know couple years that have uh, continued to shape you into who you are today as a player and as a person? I think one of the best things that I've been told is um, as a, it was our mental, our mental coach for the angels. And he pretty much just said, just don't have any expectations. Like, like you put the work in, but like you got to just go out there and, and do what you do and don't have any, like, don't, don't expect to go four for four. Don't expect to hit four balls hard every day. Like, if you expect all that, like there's going to be disappointment in baseball. You can't just go out there and expecting certain things. Like go out there and just have fun and trust yourself. And that was one of the big things this year that um, I think I've done a pretty good job of um, pretty much all year. I mean, last couple of weeks I've started to slump a little bit and we're trying to work through that one, but I'm, I'm still trusting myself. I'm just not hitting as good, you know, like you can't hit 400 all year. So I hit like 400 in June and then, Hey, like 250 in July. So kind of evened out, you know, but um, for me, it's more just, I think I just got to trust myself. And like, I think more for me, I've also been told by my wife too, like, like, she, like, I don't care what you do baseball wise. Like it's more just how you, how you act as a person, you know? So I'm constantly hearing that too. Like, like, how do you react when things aren't going your way? And how do you react when things are going your way? And like, are you the same person or are you, are you, are you constantly changing based on what's going on around you? So that's kind of the biggest things that I've definitely learned since the pandemic and since like this new, this new season has started. Yeah. It's all about perspective as I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Now real quickly on the, on the, the team, the trash pandas team and including yourself, yes, when sir. you are having a, like a tough day, if a starter, maybe you went over the scouting report before the game and the starters maybe has a different approach or he's not normal. He's not sticking to what you guys had planned to. Are you reaching for the tablet? Are you one of those guys that reaches for the tablet and tries to get more information, maybe adjust his, uh, um, what do you call it? Approach at the plate. Or do you just try to go up there with the same kind of approach and stay within yourself? Yeah, for me, it's more, I'm trying to trust myself. Um, we get, we get basic reports. It's nothing crazy like the big leaguers would get. Mm -hmm. um, we'll get like percentage. They throw certain pitches in certain counts and like how often they throw certain pitches. 
overall when they're ahead, when they're behind, like where they're throwing pitches most often, like where they're throwing their changeup, where they're throwing their fastball, all that stuff. But it's nothing like the like the big leaguers get a lot more in depth stuff. Um, but I'm more just what pitches are you throwing most often? And as one of the, I would say one of the better hitters, like contact hitters on our team, um, average wise and stuff, I know I'm probably going to get the least thrown, the least often thrown pitch. So say the guy only throws a couple of changeups to righties. I probably, I might get the changeup, you know? So, um, just kind of knowing who you are as a hitter and knowing how they're trying to get you out. Um, and just for me, I just try to trust my eyes because I think that's probably my biggest tool, um, which kind of leads to the hit tool. So just trust your eyes, trust your timing, and, tr- and just trust that you'll swing at good pitches and take the bad ones, you know. So nothing crazy. I don't I, – I mean, do they he's going to do what he's good at, and I'm going to try to do what I'm good at. Whoever wins then, whoever executes best is going to win. Do they, do they give you much leeway up there to maybe if you see the pitcher's tendencies – um, if he's pitching away from you to go to right field, uh, you know, or or swing away, do they give you that option, or do they have a a sign where you okay, I gotta pull the ball, or I gotta, you know? No, I mean it's pretty much up to you. Like for me, for me, I'm trying to hit the fastball to right field. I'm a righty, obviously, so I'm yeah, trying to hit the fastball to right field, and I'll be more on time for that off speed pitch, whatever it is, change up slider, curveball. So, I mean, if I'm a little bit early, I'll pull things. If I'm a little bit late, I'll, I'll hit it to right field. So, I'm not trying to, like, hit it down the line or anything. I'm just trying to hit it into gaps somewhere. Yeah, um, try, to, try to beat a shift if they have it on you, things like that. Yeah, so, like, I'm not – if if there's a shift, like, I'm not – they don't shift me very often because I can hit the ball to right. Mm-hmm. So, that definitely helps, especially in the big leagues because they do shift a lot more in the big leagues. Right now, like, in the minors, they're starting yeah. to do the whole, like, shift changes and all that. So. <laughs> yeah. For us, yeah, it's a little different now. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I mean, you pretty much get a lot of leeway, especially with 3-0 counts. Like, we pretty much have the green light most of the time unless it's games, like, out of hand or we need to see the see pitches. They want us to be ready for the big leagues. And um, a lot of times in the big leagues, sometimes the 3-0, 3-1 pitches, 2-0 pitches are going to be your best pitches to hit. So they don't really want you taking those because the guys in the big leagues are, have some nasty stuff and you can't be taking the pitches that you can hit. Absolutely. Last question I have for you. Yeah. So uh, you, in an interview I heard, you called yourself a grind. So yeah. as we previously stated, you're a 32nd round pick. Mm-hmm. Minor league baseball in general is hard. The diets, the lack of fair compensation, sometimes the unfair living condition. What motivates David McKinnon every single day when he puts on his jersey to be the best player you can be and what excites you about the next step? Yeah, for me, I mean, it's always been my dream to be a big leaguer, you know? Um, I grew up when I was younger trying, trying to be a big leaguer and I felt like everyone, like that's always been my dream when I was in my small town in Massachusetts. And like, that was my dream. And I would like, people would ask me like, Hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like we'd write, our little like papers on that and people would laugh and be like, Oh, like, you can't do that. Like they were telling me like, they can't, you can't even be a division one athlete from here. And I, I went and played two, two division one sports. So for me, it's more just like number one's just proving people wrong that, that I'd always laughed at me or that had always like doubted me that I'm trying to, I've always been trying to do that. But for me, it's more just like, that's the end goal. And 
I want to, I want to get there and I want to be, I don't want to just get there. I want to be, I want to be there for a long time. I don't want to just get there and, and just sit there, you know, and, and be up there for a quick cup of coffee and then head back down. Um, I want to be there for a while and, and actually help the angels win, you know, or like, I don't know, hopefully it's the angels, but whoever, you know, I just, need to, I just want to get there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and for like grow, I mean, for me at this point, like if I get there, compensation would be fantastic, obviously. Um, but that's just my, been my dream the entire time to, to be there eventually. So, I mean, yes, I've been, I, I've always grinded. I feel like I've always been looked upon as like, Oh, like, yeah, maybe like, maybe like he's good, but, but at each level, I feel like I've excelled to the point where you need to like, I've excelled at that level and then you move up and then I excel at the next level. And that's what my mom always said growing up. Like you, these are just little stairs that you need to get to like each, each level, like high school. Yeah. You were the best in high school, but then you got to get to division one. Then you're the best there. You got to get to the Cape. Then so it's always been just this kind of a step stepping like ladders and a little just rungs on a ladder. And I need to just keep going up, up, up. So for me, it's always been kind of like the end goal has always been the big leagues and, and not just to be a big leaguer, just to, to be up there for a long time. So um, we're obviously getting closer, but I still have triple A and the big leagues to get to. So hopefully we can get there. Absolutely. Well, ho well hopefully this upcoming season, <clears throat> next upcoming season, we can see you in uh, Tempe, you know, you get a, you get a call up. That'd be nice to see you up there and, you know, because we'll be there in spring training, and hopefully you will be too. And I appreciate you uh, saying about, you know, giving your examples about your mother because fa I think p family plays a huge part in this whole thing. Fernando was bringing that out with the last interview that we did. Uh, the family, it, it takes a village to, ra to raise a child. And if you have a good family around you and you're obviously a God-fearing man, if, if, it, if you get through everything and you get to the big leagues, I mean – as a grinder, you know, you have to work for your contract. We've seen some of these guys, but when they get paid, that's the true blessing. And I think, I, I think yes. you, you'll, you of all people will appreciate it when it comes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and a lot of them were bonus babies. They get paid and they were already bonus babies. Like I've never had that before. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it's like, it'd yeah. be totally different, you know, like $500,000 as the major league minimum sounds fantastic right now, you know, because yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. right now we're making like, Ten thousand. Twelve thousand. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was gonna 12, say twelve thousand a year. Pre tax. Oh no, we're if I'm ma I'm married, so I make less than that. <laughs> <laughs> there you yeah. Go. So um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean that's pretty much what it is for the normal person. It's about twelve thousand if you're on minor league contracts. So yeah, it's definitely tough, you know, especially making ends meet. Um, they've definitely done a good, a better job of taking care of food stuff at the stadium here here for yeah. sure the rocket city trash pan has definitely did a better job this year um so we appreciate that, that big time that's um, that, that's good yeah yeah i, mean, I don't know if you've heard food. <laughs> yeah yeah good uh, i don't know but yeah no minor it. leagues in general minor leagues in general you, you know how it is it's it's mm -hmm. just tough it's a, it's, a, it's a tough and like everyone's like oh you gotta grind through it but like yeah it's tough <laughs> So, I mean, we're a relatively new show, but we've had uh, Ty Buttry on twice to talk yeah. about how hard life in the minors is. We've had Menantinelli, who was a first-round pick for the uh, Padres, on to talk about life in the minors. And we've kind of taken it upon ourselves to make that a secondary mission on our show to let people know, like, hey, 
this isn't right. And I know there's a lot of minor league players who can't speak on that because of, you know, the situation they're in, and we would never ask that. Yeah. But yeah, what yeah. we do is bring it to light. Uh, right now we're selling T-shirts that say, I support minor league baseball players, and the goal is for us to donate that money to players who, you know, maybe need some money for food because we understand how the per diem situation works. Yeah, for so, sure. So with, you know, everything that you guys are going through, though we've never lived through it, we just want you guys to know that we fully support every everything you guys are doing. We understand the grind. Uh, keep it going, man. I know it's not easy. I can only imagine what you guys go through. You know, obviously, we've all read the stories. We, we've heard that. We, we've had the interviews. We've talked to people. And uh, it, it's not cool. But, um, you know, we're really proud of what you guys are all doing. Uh, you know, you're living a dream that we would all want. That we all want to live ourselves. But it's also not fair the matter of which people have to live out that dream. So, yeah, yeah. Know, thank it's you definitely for your tough, time. For sure. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. It's tough for sure. But um, I wouldn't – I mean – Obviously, you can change certain things, but uh, I mean, for me, like, it, I'm grinding no matter what. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't you change are. a thing. Obviously, I would very much enjoy um, it to be an easier road, but it's never been an easy, easy road for me anyway. So, we're just gonna keep grinding until until we get up there, and well, I think it'll just be even better when when we're up to the big leagues. Well, congratulations again from us about your uh, marriage as well. And, and, oh, uh, thank you. Appreciate and, it. And she's also a fellow grinder because she's going through this oh, process she's, with you. She's a big time grinder. <laughs> yeah, she's a big grinder too. So yeah, I think I honestly like like we're grinders when it comes to the minor leagues, but like our wives and and people who have like long girlfriends like that, they 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 have to grind pretty hard too, just because like like you're either you're either living out here all the time and you're either if you have kids like you're taking care of the kids and we're gone all day yeah and yeah it's just i mean we're not there all the time you know so you're you're alone a lot so i think like even more so than us like we get to play a game at least every night where they they have to they have to watch us play you know yeah. so yeah. my wife's a grinder big time and and all the wives out there and are definitely grinders so i we, we appreciate them big time <laughs> absolutely well said yeah, well, give her our regards. And one last time, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate you yes, being you. willing to do this on your off day. Yeah, um, no problem. Hopefully the rest of the day was good and uh, hopefully uh, much success. And we hope to see you up here in Anaheim soon. Yeah, I hope to be there soon too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take care, David. All right, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. You got it. No problem. All right. Well, that's going to do it out of us here at Halos in the Infield. Thank you guys so much for uh, checking out the show. Todd, you want to go ahead and hit him with all the, you know, the yard work? Yeah, like uh, Fernando mentioned earlier, redbubble.com. And you could, uh, by listening to this interview, if you appreciate that, check out the minor league uh, shirts because, again, those are pretty powerful design by our boy Randy which uh, sticks up for minor league baseball in general and the uh, discrepancies be beyond uh, compensation for these players and the tough life that Fernando was uh, describing. Uh, we, we hope to compensate them even in a little way. All proceeds go from the sale of those shirts or any kind of items, stickers, whatever, with that logo, go to minor league players. And, if there's uh, one more thing I can add, mm -hmm. stop stealing our logo. <laughs> so it was stolen twice, yeah. taken down, and immediately stolen twice by two different people again. Yeah. So stop stealing the logo. Our boy Randy puts a lot of time and effort into those logos. And I can assure you guys, 
then 100% of the money from Halos in the infield on that merchandise is going to go to minor league players. We don't know if that's going to be this year or next year, but I promise it's going to go to them because, you know, it depends on how much money we're going to be able to get in. Yeah, we just started the campaign, so most likely it'll be next year, but we are going to set up a fund for it to be settled out. And also our merch for the page, which helps the page grow, the podcast grow, and it all goes back into giveaways for the fans. So check that out, too. That's also on Redbubble. Check us out on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we have a website, www.halosandhinfield.com. And for more, me and Fernando, along with Courtney, who's usually on the show, and there's also Chase and Andrew's show. You got the pregame show with James, the postgame with myself. There's all sorts of content on there and all on podcast form or on YouTube. So that's the bee's knees. Anything else, Fernando? No. Thank you guys for joining us. Thanks again to David. If you've got to tune into the interview, David, thank you for your time. Mm-hmm. Once again, regards to you, your wife, your family. Thank you again for the time. And thanks for being so open about everything, especially the minor league situation. Absolutely. Great interview.